Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Mango, featuring your two favorite mangoes at writing, Sergio and Jake. Man- mangoes? Well, you know, like avocados at law. Oh, I get you. Yeah, of course. Well, mangoes and avocados aren't like anywhere near the same. I couldn't think. I couldn't think of a like a like a, a, <laughs> like, a, a similar <laughs> fruit. I don't think there is a similar fruit. I think the closest thing to an avocado is like a coconut, and they're not even like similar. Yeah, that that reminds me of an interesting fact that I learned about avocados. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. Is it that avocados feel an unnatural amount of Catholic guilt? No, it's that uh, that av- avocados have massive seeds uh, to survive getting uh, eaten by giant sloths a long, long time ago. That's interesting. I have that in common with avocados <laughs> as well. It's my Catholic guilt. <laughs> Speaking of Catholic guilt, what franchise are we talking about today, Jacob? Oh, it's this, um, it's this, this franchise about a character who goes out at night dressed in a superhero costume and stops robbers from making his city worse and operates, you know, primarily at night and he uses a lot of acrobats and like, uh, like grapples from rooftop to rooftop you know who i'm talking about i i do and i i think it kind of has to do with what the, what you've been reading recently we've been talking about you're talking about nightwing right no 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 not nightwing the other one batman no the no the other one um oh maybe you're going a little esoteric here maybe a d- deep cut owlman Actually, no. It's a character that you may know as somebody who's uh who's the 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 star of a television show. Uh, that is that is well regarded in the uh in the the comic book groupie community. Ah, you're talking about Arrow when they was Arrow, yeah, Arrow, yeah. We're talking about Daredevil, baby. So before we start, I would just like to say, if you are listening to this and you haven't seen Daredevil, the Netflix show, although I guess the um, Disney Plus show, because it's only on Disney Plus, but it was made by Netflix with Marvel and Jeff Loeb worked on it, who works for Marvel. But also, uh, you know, you should watch it. Yeah, you've I, uh, seen most of it. You've never seen season three. I've I just remembered that season three. That's fucked up. I, I I'm a big fan of of the show and Matt Murdock as a character, and I especially like him uh, because his powers are very much rooted in like whether whether or not this was <laughs> intentional by the writers, but his powers are very like sort of like realistic like obviously he's like 
exaggerate like it's exaggerated because you know he's like a superhuman but like you know human beings yeah. can be trained to learn echolocation and i specifically mm -hmm. like the the part in um uh in season three like after the, after the accident where like he loses his hearing and obviously oh. um, actual blind blind people and people who eventually develop echolocation need like the hearing and so like him like like you know losing his hearing and then basically being reduced to like a regular blind person and then that moment where uh -huh. like 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 you know, he like snorts out all the blood out of his nose into the the sink and then like he can actually like like once that's like unclogged like, oh my god i can hear um i, I like i really like that he's cool yeah no it's a it was season three it's it's just it's just so good my only complaint with season three is this complaint same complaint that you know I have with season one, and even some of season two, and it's that the more the net the I'm gonna keep saying the Netflix verse for these shows because they were on Netflix, so sorry in advance if that confuses people because they're on Disney Plus. The Netflix shows are just afraid of using costumes. They are, and and no, go on. Uh, in addition to that, I feel like Daredevil, in a way, kind of shot the other shows in the foot by, like, I feel like they that all, like, so just, good. Well, well, that, but, like, I feel like Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and, uh, Luke Cage really tried to copy, like, the Daredevil formula, sort of. Um. I think Jessica Jones is as good as Daredevil. At least season, season one. one. I haven't seen season two or three. I didn't even know they made a season three until recently, to be honest. Yeah, with I, I watched. I watched. I watched season one. I haven't really seen much of Luke Cage season one or Iron Fist. Uh, but we all know that Iron <laughs> Fist is um, an atrocity. Terrible. Uh, and also, Finn Jones d doesn't know martial arts, and it's painfully obvious in the fight scenes. Yeah, like I get. Like getting him because you like like him as an actor, but like fucking Charlie Cox learned kung fu. He learned martial yeah, arts like, to be daredevil. Like like you watch an episode of like uh like 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 the Defenders and you watch like Charlie Cox fucking like roundhouse kicking people and you're like yeah yeah that 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 guy could be a superhero in real life and then you watch fucking Iron Fist fight and you're like what am I watching here like. The one scene in, you know the scene, the one in, like, the, the records room or whatever, where it mm -hmm. cuts, like, 97 times in three minutes yeah. in, in Iron Fist. That scene, that scene, <laughs> that scene fucking sucks. Especially, like, I, like, I get what you mean, because, like, any fight scene compared to fucking Daredevil in all of Luke Cage, or not Luke Cage, well, I, I guess Luke Cage. Luke Cage is still good, but, like, Iron Fist or Luke Cage... Or Jessica Jones, or even the Defenders, which has Daredevil in it. The fight scenes in Daredevil are just—they're just so good. There's no reason that they should be as good as they are, considering it was like a Daredevil Netflix TV show. Did you know that they shared the same stunt team as Arrow? I didn't know that until Neb dropped the Arrowverse thread. I didn't know that either. I didn't even notice that in the Arrowverse thread. I must have missed that one. That's in, That makes sense. I mean, say what you will about the Arrowverse. It's got pretty good choreography early on. Yeah, I can't say uh, for later on because I haven't gotten that far. I never really watched it when it was airing. 
Because because like because obviously like I think Arrow season one and two came out before Daredevil. In in those there are like 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 hallway fight scenes, like Daredevil esque yeah. hallway fight scenes. I hope to God that there are hallway fight scenes in the fucking Daredevil Born Again. I hope Daredevil Born Again, if it's half as good as fucking the Netflix show is, I'll be I'll be happy. It doesn't. It just it doesn't have to live up to it. It's not going to live up to it. Let's not lie to ourselves. Yeah. But if it's half as good, I'll be I'll be pleased. I'm just happy that Charlie Cox got another shot at Daredevil. I've been waiting for f- what like what five years since Daredevil season three dropped. Yeah, man. Just like see, see like seeing him actually meet Peter Parker because that was something that I like I wanted since like Daredevil. Season dude, one. dude, I remember we were all there. We saw, for those who don't know, parasocial time, um, when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, everyone was at my house, like, all around the country. By that, I mean Michigan and Nebraska, I guess. But everyone is at my house, and we went in a group of, like, what, 14, 15 people? Yeah. And went to go see No Way Home opening day. And fucking, I remember looking at Sergio and going, "He's fucking terrible!" Oh! And just freaking because I, I watched the entirety of the show in the Defenders to prepare for it because I was like, "There's leaks everywhere. People are saying he's gonna be in it. He's gonna be in it. He's gonna be in it." I want to be prepared. And he was in and it also- for like. Th- 40 seconds apparently he had scenes that were cut which um fuck you kevin feige they're in the they're in the blu-ray they're in the deleted scenes on the blu-ray who the fuck buys blu-rays i do well i or I, i'm sure they're on youtube now <laughs> but it's not like they're lost yeah, to like probably. history uh-huh like was it endgame that had like a second release in theaters with a bunch of deleted scenes that are lost media now um I, I saw the second like Endgame release, and I don't think there were any deleted scenes at it. There was just, like, a little, like, unfinished, like, Hulk scene at the end. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I love Daredevil, the TV show. It's so... I, I cannot begin to go into how good it is. It's such a good show. And anyone who hasn't seen it is missing out hardcore even season two people didn't like season two as much i think season two is great i just think it's less great than season one and season three but you know mm-hmm. that's a, that's that okay. also that that also reminds me and to, as as a as a, uh, as a little shill segue we will be at colossal con prime in uh late may early june please go check us out uh while we're there spider-man across the spider-verse is going to come out so we could like totally go see it that's a good point. Sergio, uh, can you pause real quick? I gotta take a phone call. All right. So everything being said, we have a Daredevil yeah. fan fiction. Mm-hmm. We have to start reading it now, or I will rant about the show for the next hour, and we won't read anything. Which, if you guys so, want yeah. that, let us know. <laughs> I I will do it. Maybe another time. Daredevil retrospective yeah. episode. Uh, so we got a uh, mature rating. It's got some graphic depictions of violence and a, some major character death. Female, male, male, male. Uh, 
well, this is the MCU Daredevil, obviously. Got Matt Matthew Murdoch, ex uh, original female character. Uh, the other characters, and we got Foggy, we got fucking Wilson Fisk, Vanessa. I have to point out some of these tags because uh, obviously we got Avocados at Law, uh, Matt Murdoch's Catholic Guilt, uh, not canon compliant, uh, not a self insert. Matt Murdoch being a sweetheart. She doesn't know he's Daredevil yet. The Daredevil plot with an extra character. Nice. Also, not so slow burn. He's Daredevil yet. Does she know? <laughs> Matt Murdoch has abandonment issues. <laughs> so true, bestie. <clears throat> this fanfiction is The Devil Was an Angel 2 by Angel B Radio. Summary. Annalise McKinley is your average broke law student working two jobs just to afford rent in a less than desirable one-room apartment, let alone tuition. When she happens to land a job as a secretary for Nelson and Murdoch, she thinks maybe her life will get a little easier until she happens to have a run-in with the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Once she meets the devil, it's nonstop out of the frying pan and into the fire. The devil, however, might just be her ticket to salvation. Notes, because That's of the another... time limit, I'll be... That's another important thing if you've never seen the Daredevil TV show on Netflix is that they don't really call him Daredevil at all. They call him the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Except in the Defenders. They call him Daredevil pretty often in the Defenders. Yeah. Other than that, like, you know, not really in his show. It's like how they don't call Luke Cage Power Man really at all in Luke Cage. All right, continuing the right, notes. Carry on. I'll be putting any trigger warnings in the author's note at the beginning of every chapter. Trigger warnings for prologue. Character owns a handgun. This will be brought up in the majority of the story. I hope so if you're living in Hell's Kitchen. She's, yeah. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen is real and it will kill you. Well, probably not. Let's be real. This story is a part of the LLF Comment Project, which was created to improve communication between readers and authors. I invite and appreciate feedback, including, not limited to, short comments, long comments, questions, constructive criticism. Uh, Carrot Key 3 as extra kudos. Reader-reader interaction. I reply to comments. Note, if you don't want a reply for any reason, sometimes I feel shy when I'm reading and not up to starting conversation, for example, feel free to sign your comment with Whisper, and I will appreciate it, but not respond. Which one of us wants to do the... I think you should do the narration, and I will be Annalise. Okay. Chapter 1. Why is Chapter 1 a hyperlink, if you don't mind me asking, author? Why is, it, why is Chapter 1 a hyperlink to its own page, author? Um, I want to say all the um all the uh archive of, like that like that's just something archive around does i think it's so you can right click it and then send the chapter to somebody ah okay prologue hell's kitchen as described by most was considered to be a shithole not to say that the entire neighborhood was a shithole just m- multiple parts of it Anna Lee's McKinley happened to live at the very edge of one of those parts. If she lived just about six blocks down, she'd be in a quite nice area, but that was far beyond her budget. Her apartment was technically two rooms, with the kitchen and bedroom being one, and a renovated storage closet turned bathroom being the other. The apartment was falling apart, and probably would have been condemned if it hadn't been in any other area. Nonetheless, Annalise called it home, even if she herself was ready to, uh, to the ground this particular night 
a Tuesday to be exact, Annalise stared out the window of her shitty apartment looking for any sight of a masked man dressed in black running around. A bit of an urban legend of him had been spread around Hell's Kitchen, but she was drawing nearer to the conclusion that he was just that, an urban legend. She drew away from the window after a few minutes. A criminal defense textbook sat on the closest surface. She picked it up and climbed into bed. Her lamp remained on, albeit dim. Annalise did her best to study from the book, but its words just ended up blurring together. Some, some period of time passed. She'd never be entirely sure about how much, and Annalise eventually found herself staring out her window again. It was open this time, letting a cool breeze dance across her skin. A couple of clanging sounds suddenly caught her attention, along with a dark flash across her window, perhaps a shadow. She looked down towards the ground and saw a ring of fire, informing, forming two entwined letters. D.D. A voice whispered just above her head, but Annalise found herself flying upwards in bed as soon as she heard it. Her hair and clothes stuck to her skin from sweat, and she was feeling much colder than before. It was only a dream. Annalise took a deep breath, readjusting to her surroundings. She felt her hand land on the textbook next to her. She closed it and then opened the drawer on her, of her nightstand, placing the book gently inside of it. However... She also pulled out a small handgun, a twenty-two caliber to be exact, making sure it was loaded. Annalise placed it under her pillow on the other side of the bed. She took a deep, deep breath, looking towards her window one final time before shutting her eyes again. I think it's really funny <laughs> that she very specifically has a twenty-two, which is commonly referred to as the woman's handgun. Uh-huh. Silly. She should have had, it's just like she pulled out her 45. <laughs> her fucking Desert Eagle 50 caliber fucking blow anybody who looks at her funny away. That that that, that reminds me, because <clears throat> uh, I was talking to Kai about, about a few things, and I was like, if you were to buy a hand, like, like if I was like, if you were to buy a handgun, would you? And what would you buy? And he goes, with like, like, immediate text, M1911, Colt 45. And I was like, Oh, I know Kai wants a gun. I've talked to him about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What? Why that?" And he was like, "Supernatural." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I, 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 I've only ever watched the first Supernatural, but the M nineteen eleven is a baller handgun, so you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, it's an American classic. If you if you use all seven shots and they're not moving, you need better. Aim. Chapter two, chapter one. I hate that. You should um, fix that. Angel B Radio. You should fix that. On God, no cap. I do like the author's profile picture on Archive of Our Own because it's a funny monkey. I just noticed that. It's, funny, it's a funny monkey doing what Hamlet? Is it Hamlet with the skull? I should know this. I believe so. Yeah, it's Yorick. That's right like the League of Legends character. When Annalise opened her eyes, her first reaction was to immediately look at her alarm clock, which was beeping aggressively. <sighs> Shit. She said to herself, she's running late. Again. She immediately climbed out of bed, rushing to get ready and double-checking to ensure that no one broke into the apartment or anything. The young adult was ready within 15 minutes, which is all she had to get ready. She brushed her teeth and hair at the same time, both of which still ended up a little messy, but she was a college student and was beyond normal. The rush to the subway and eventually to campus was continuously slowed down by practically every obstacle in New York. 
She hurried into she hurried into the school with her toes tapping against the floor rhythmically. Annalise, at first, didn't even realize that she had caused a few flyers to brush off the nearest wall, falling gracefully against the ground. She reached the door of her class and tried to pull on it, only to be met with a still closed door. It was locked. Annalise peered in to see the small through the small see-through glass window over the door. Her classmates had their heads buried in the papers on their desks. She and the professor made eye contact, and he held up his right arm, pointing to his watch. He wasn't going to let her in. She stepped away from the door, accepting her fate, but definitely not being pleased with it. She moved back towards the flyers, beginning to pick them up. She didn't hang them back on the bulletin board. Instead, Annalise only placed them on the closest chair, but ended up sitting on the floor against the wall. She had practically run across half of New York to get there, all for nothing. Her grade was going to suffer on top of it. It was the third time she'd gotten locked out of class within the past two weeks, with the prior incidents being due to work hours and the sheer distance from her apartment. Annalise had tried everything by that point. Leaving early, emailing the professor, schedule changes, all to no avail. She put a hand to her head, frustrated and tired. Annalise moved her position a bit and felt a piece of paper brush against her hand. She'd missed a flyer. She picked it up and read over it. Nelson and Murdoch, attorneys at law, now hiring for secretary position. Negotiable hours and pay. <coughs> Annalise knew she didn't have any other classes for that day. She didn't have work until later in the evening. There was nothing stopping her from heading in the direction of the address on this flyer. In fact, the address was only about 20 minutes from her apartment, a walkable distance. She pursed her lips, but then collected her things and started heading out. As Annalise walked, she did her best to make herself look at least decently presentable. She pulled down her dull brown hair into a wavy ponytail, leaving two strands of it to hang out both sides of her face. Usually her hair was shiny and fluffed, but the whole running late thing simply didn't allow it for today. Annalise did always carry a bottle of cheap concealer, perfect for unplanned situations. She crossed the street, almost getting hit by a car in the process. Watch it. The driver yelled. She held up a hand in apology and kept walking. Annalise wasn't necessarily focused on everything around her. She was grateful, to say the least, that she didn't just she hadn't just pulled on jeans and a t-shirt that morning she wore long black pants and a checkered blouse with a thin blue scarf tied loosely around her neck her professor expected his students to dress formally and this was the one time that it just happened to pay off in annalise's favor eventually she reached an office building it was plain from the outside practically indistinguishable from everywhere else the office was on the second floor which was a relatively easy walk due to the short number of stairs the entire hallway of the floor matched the outside, plain and an off beige. There was a bit of an odd smell, but Annalise couldn't put her finger on what it was. She passed a few doors until coming across one with a flimsy cardboard sign with a red permanent marker labeling it. Nelson and Murdoch, attorneys at law. <clears throat> Hold on, I have to drink my, uh, my water. I'm dying. <clears throat> the cardboard sign was held on with scotch tape, and hanging on was a generous description. Annalise moved her hand upwards to knock on the door, but found herself hesitating. The building didn't offer her much hope, but the cardboard sign took it away. Or much hope, but the cardboard sign didn't, it took it away. She moved her hand away from the door, smoothing back a piece of her hair, but then gathered the little courage she had and knocked on the door. Annalise waited for a few moments, but then heard a chair being moved and a figure approaching the door. A man in a gray suit with parted long blonde hair answered. He was significantly taller than her, to where she didn't have to look up to make eye contact. Where she did have to... Well, that's, word, that's worded weirdly. She did have to look up to make eye contact. 
Annalise was able to catch a glimpse of the inside of the office space. It was it as completely bare. It was completely bare. I'm assuming that's supposed to be with the exception of a single desk that was visible. Hello, the blonde man greeted. Hi, I'm Annalise McKinley. I saw your flyer at my law school. You saw the flyer? He excitedly cut her off. He turned to his he turned his head back for a second. Matt, I think someone saw the flyer. Annalise hesitated a bit. She had never seen a potential employer be so excited about someone applying. Come in, come in. We're so happy to meet you. I should probably introduce myself. I'm Foggy Nelson. The two shook hands as Foggy led Annalise further back into the office space. The space included two side rooms as offices, one for Nelson and presumably the other for Murdoch. Both were still bare, with the exception of a desk in in each and a few moving boxes scattered across them. Matt, come here. Meet our applicant. Annalise peered into the left side room. She saw a man who appeared to be just a little older than her. Maybe five or six years. That's not a little. That's a. I mean, I feel like that's a decent amount. Maybe that's just me. <clears throat> For like a college student? Like six years? Yeah. Sitting at the desk. He wore red tinted glasses that were shaped into ovals. He stood from the desk, revealing a cane in his hand. Annalise immediately realized that he was blind, but was more focused on his height, as he was also significantly taller than her in his physical appearance. She internally admitted that he certainly was attractive, but didn't allow her expression to or demeanor to reveal that. Miss McKinley, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt Murdock. The lawyer greeted, holding out his hand. Annalise accepted the handshake. Pleasure. She replied. Mr. Murdoch took note of the fact that she didn't correct him when he addressed her as Miss. I overheard you say that you go to law school. Looking to do what we do? A bit. I prefer to be a prosecutor for homicide trials, but I'm open to anything that comes my way. Homicide trials definitely take a special person, Foggy replied. You have... You have to have a lot of courage to even think about it. I find that alone to be quite worthy of respect, Mr. Murdoch added. I'm sure you know from our non-existent advertising that we are criminal defense, but a prosecutor should still understand our side of the courtroom. The prosecutor needs to know both sides of the story. It's just a matter of seeing which side will stick more with the jury and make one stand out more than the other. Matt, I think we found ourselves a natural-born lawyer. What led you to seeking out a career in law? Personal experience. She answered after a slight pause. Any other person would never have noticed it, but our dear Mr. Murdoch was not any person. His head tilted a bit at her response. I've had the privilege to meet some lawyers that were extremely accomplished, and they left a lasting impact. Do you have a prior experience then? Mr. Murdoch asked. Not in a professional setting, no. I'm in my second year of school as of right now. Well, everyone does have a first experience, right, Foggy? This was obviously a playful jab at his law partner, which to which Annalise had no contact for. Haha, very funny, Matt. We graduated from Columbia. Matt was actually the valedictorian of our class. Impressive, to say the <clears throat> least. With credentials like that, the firm must be busy. How many clients do you have, generally? A silence fell upon the group. A very... Awkward silence. How long have you been processing law? Mr. Murdoch tipped his head towards Foggy. What time is it? A little after 1130. Then to answer your question, Miss McKinley, 
Uh, about five hours. Annalise stared at the two of them, seriously thinking that the response was a joke, but the continued silence sealed the truth. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? Foggy immediately started to backtrack, seeing Annalise's expression. Besides, you need money, presumably, and we need a secretary to organize things, which is actually what you're interviewing for. This whole thing has felt like an interview for another law partner, hasn't it? Mr. Murdoch nodded his head in response, but didn't speak. Annalise, however, was still in a bit of shock by the sheer newness of the firm. <clears throat> I guess it's subjectively correct that no lawyer has to start with everything. But even still... Is that Matt? I think that's Matt. But even still, Miss McKinley, we may be very new, but we have the education and credentials that a lot of other lawyers don't. My partner and I have the know-how and the starting funds to pay you a rather negotiable wage. Besides, if all else fails, you'll at least have gained something nice to put on a resume. All of that may be true, Foggy said, but I think maybe we should get back to the secretarial aspect of everything. In regards to secretarial work, what are your general strengths? Weaknesses? Anything to note? I like to believe that I'm organized. I color code everything and always have a very specific system. I also feel that I'm able to connect with people based on experiences. I found that hospitality can do wonders for clientele and I'll do anything that I'm told to do. You don't have to worry about me questioning anything. I will do anything you tell me to. As for weaknesses, I still have a lot of learning to do, which law school helps with. And I'm still just starting to get a grip on understanding the details of the law, but I think learning the law will help me better organize your cases for it. Ours are a bit difficult, though. Annalise allowed her voice to trail off into a mutter for her last statement, knowing that there would be a good chance it would affect her marketability. Mr. Murdoch and Foggy listened intently, with Foggy joining, jotting notes down on a pad. Mr. Murdoch, however, did hear Annalise's last statement, but had already taken far too much of a liking to her to let hours separate their paths. For office management, you seem to have a very good personal resume, he complimented. We appreciate the willingness to admit that you still have things to learn. It's something we look for in people, and I think you've certainly gained the skills. I don't worry too much about your schedule. We can work with it. I certainly hope so. The young adult's hopes were beginning to climb up her mind. This is an opportunity that I would really, really appreciate. Well, the opportunity itself was a beautiful motivator. There's only one good, one thing that ranked far prettier than that. The income. You'll definitely make a great fit here, Foggy replied. It's always a Good to have another set of hands here to make sure that Matt doesn't decide to do something stupid. Oh, yes, of course. Make fun of the blind guy. I see how it is. Mr. Murdoch answered with mock effect, putting his hand to his heart as if it were breaking. I'm just stating a fact is all. Foggy defended himself with the same playful undertone. While the two men bickered like an old married couple, Annalise did manage to get a question in. Just out of sheer curiosity. She spoke gently. How many hours, if I were to be hired, would I be working with a week? I can make anything work, just like an idea. Oh, I'd say about 35, maybe. Foggy answered casually, jotting the number down on his pad. The color drained from the young belt's face, and her heart dropped without warning to her stomach. It was very obvious that the number caught her off guard, but Annalise did her best to swiftly recover and regain a professional smile. I see. I can actually <laughs> make her work with my schedule and everything. She lied. Her voice, however, sounded sweet and genuine as ever. While Foggy seemed immediately enthusiastic, Mr. Murdoch noticed her sudden anxiety and slight change in, dem in demeanor. 
You seem like a perfect fit, Foggy said, returning the smile. I don't even think Matt I don't even think that Matt and I need to talk about this. I'd say consider yourself hired. We can get the paperwork filled out throughout this week. Would you be able to start tomorrow morning, say eleven? And Annalise knew very, very well that there would be almost no way in hell for her to arrive on time, not with her morning shift or her other job. She smiled and nodded anyways. Oh, I could manage it. Mr. Murdoch. Oh, wait, that's you. Carry on. I can manage that. Mr. Murdoch could tell that she was uncomfortable with her own statement. He could hear it in her voice, and immediately he wanted to talk to her about it, hoping they could make things work. Well then, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Annalise and Foggy shook hands, and then she repeated the action of Mr. Murdoch. While her hand was still to his, Mr. Murdoch posed an offer. Perhaps I could walk you to your car, Miss McKinley. Annalise looked a bit shocked. No one had ever usually offered to walk her anyway. Oh, um, I actually don't have a car. And how'd you get here? Foggy questioned, voicing both of their curiosity and a small bit of confusion. Oh, I took the train and walked the rest of the way. It was a moment like this that Mr. Murdoch internally truly wished he could drive. I mean, he could, technically speaking. Like, what would stop him from driving, you know? Besides being blind, he could do it. How, That's like... That's a bit of a distance. How, like... Wait, wait, how, like, like, how much can he see is the thing. He can see a lot. I mean, it's like, um... Like, I, I feel like if he can, like, smell what color a t-shirt is, he could fucking drive in New York. I'm, I'm assuming it's just to keep the, to keep the, uh, the illusion up. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying, like, obviously Matt Murdock can't drive somewhere, but, you know, Daredevil could. Yeah. That's a bit of a distance to be walking alone. Perhaps I could walk you to the station, then. Oh, I don't want to impose. It wouldn't be imposing at all. Consider it to be courtesy. I thank you, really. I definitely would appreciate it. Of course. He offered an arm for her to take while Foggy stood in the doorway of his office with an expression that clearly made the statement that this wasn't the first time Mr. Murdoch had pulled a move like this with an attractive woman. Annalise accepted Mr. Murdoch's offer, smiling with just a little bit of nervousness. The two of them walked out of the building and made their way to the not-so-busy sidewalk. When they were a few doors down from the firm, Mr. Murdoch broke the silence between them. I couldn't help but notice, Miss McKinley, that you appeared a bit uneasy at some points of the interview. Oh, I, I, I mean... Annalise was caught, a bit caught off guard. Her internal wall shot straight up, providing her only mental and emotional defense from anything that he could possibly say. Particularly around the hours and schedule. I can assure you that if there's any conflictions, is it just wouldn't it just be conflict? Is confliction a word? Confliction, yeah. I mean, like it's that... not the wrong word to use, but it's not the word I would use. Yeah, you know no what one I mean? really uses confliction. It's definitely a word. Is it a word? Confliction. Yes, dictionary.com does say it's a word. The act or state or of conflicting or clashing. Yeah, usually people just say conflicts. Yeah. If there are any conflictions with your schedule and ours, we can certainly find a way to work around it. Annalise had prepared herself for so many answers, but 
I was not one of them. None of her other employees had ever mentioned such a level of flexibility before. She also had never been shown such professional kindness, especially from a man. She had never exactly had good experiences with men throughout her life. Mr. Murdoch's gentleness eased some of her worries. Not all of them, but enough that her heart rate had slowed a bit and she felt her thoughts coming into words. I'm not even sure what to say other than thank you. Oh, no need to thank me. You have a very promising potential. Foggy and I would be insane not to hire you, but I think you'll find that he and I are a bit insane just on our own, he added with a joking tone. He smiled brightly at her, which drew her in little by little. New York has the same place. The firm can't be that crazy, can it? She returned the tone. That'll be for you to decide, and you're definitely right about New York being insane, which is precisely why I want to ensure your safety getting home. Uh, I've had my run-ins. I always had to make sure... I always I always make sure to be able to defend myself if I need to, but it always helps to have someone else here. Annalise didn't realize that, it was, that her hold on his arm had tightened just a little bit. It was still comfortable for our dear lawyer, but he did notice it. By the nature of her action, he was led to wonder if she'd had unfortunate experiences before, and what those could have possibly consisted of. Glad that I can help. They considered walking, passing by some partially structured buildings. A few were being repaired and renovated, but the majority remained abandoned. The incident of New York City did not treat the city of Hell's Kitchen well. Not in the slightest. It not it left not only the building in disrepair, but it, the buildings, I guess, in disrepair. It did the same to its people. Mr. Murdoch and Annalise reached the steps of the subway station a bit later. I can take the train back to my apartment from here. Annalise told him, releasing his arm. She didn't exactly want to. She felt safe with him, and taking her arm away meant letting go of that temporary safety. Its sheer lingering presence would be completely gone by the time she'd get back to her apartment. If you ever need any transportation in the future, call me. Mr. Murdoch immediately realized what he said, connecting it to the fact that he was blind. Probably wouldn't actually be able to keep that promise. I'll take care of it. Thank you, Mr. Murdoch. Really, thank you. It means the world. Of course. And if you ever need anything else, anything at all, call me. <clears throat> he smiles again, having the same effect. He drew her in with his smile, with his words. Thank you. She replied quietly, offering one last smile, and then heading down the steps into the subway. She held on to the, the little smile, even as she waited for a train, even as she walked back to her apartment, even as she studied that night. She was a she was hopeful, a rare luxury, that just as once she allowed herself to have. How long is chapter two? Kind of long. My uh, I don't think my 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 throat will allow me to read any more narration <coughs> because of my allergies, but I enjoyed that. I did. I see that this is a little Karen Page replacement. Um, Annalise does seem like a good character, though. I yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed the prose. I enjoyed. I did too. Um, uh, I I only noticed like one typo, um, which is good. Um, Annalise seems like a cool character. It seems pretty cool, well written. Um, I wonder what that dream was all about. She's definitely got, like, something else going on. She mentioned that other job that she had. Uh-huh. I mean, it could just be another job, to be fair. 
True, but the, the the way that she said, I've interacted with lawyers not in a professional setting means that maybe something else has gone on. I mean, I I think that probably like something happened in her family when she was a kid or something like that. Just like Karen Page on God for real. For real, for real. Also, for looking real, it up uh, in the comics, Daredevil has driven on multiple occasions. Exactly. Like, there's no way he could, if yeah, he could fucking fly a plane, probably. Like, let's be real. Yeah, there are there are there are things that can throw off. Like, like it, like it's like in uh, I think it's in Born Again. He has to, uh, it's saying he, like in this article in Born Again, he has to drive in the car, and the uh, the the rain is interfering with his uh, his navigation. Uh-huh. Yeah, the types of navigator are additionally hampered by a torrential downpour overloading what little environmental info we can gather through the broken windshield. There are def he, he definitely would have to drive with the windows down. Um could he just could he discern like traffic signals? Surely. I would assume. Uh, I, I bet he could it's Daredevil, he could probably smell the electrical current. You know? Yeah, I forget that he has good smell. I'm usually just familiar with the the hearing. I mean, I haven't really read mm-hmm. comic Daredevil, so it's have, it's like... it's the smell as well. I mean, even in the TV show, he can identify like what clothing and what color clothing people are wearing just based on the smell. Because you know, it's not like he's going to hear blue dye. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things Stick trains him in in the show. Yeah, it has been, like, forever. Jeez, it's been almost ten years since I saw that first season. Oh my god, it's almost a decade old. <clears throat> this person also has a... Oh no, there's a bookmark. They bookmarked a, uh, a Peter Parker Daredevil fic. Like, MCU fic. So, like, Tom Holland, Spider-Man and stuff. Uh-huh. Interesting. It looks like it's, t- it's post blip, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Um, it was a good thing. What do you think about uh, unrelated to the thing? What do you think? Because I remember hearing a rumor that uh, Daredevil: Born Again is going to lead into Spider Man Four, and Spider Man Four will feature Spider Man and Daredevil going up against Kingpin. I really like Spider Man and Daredevil, and I really like Kingpin, so I would be okay with that. I know people are going to complain about the having a like another character with Peter like they have for the last three movies. But like, I think Spider-Man team-ups go hard, personally. Spider-Man is literally the the protagonist of Marvel team-up, so I can't be that mad about it, you know? Mhm. I'm sure there's also something to do with like uh like because it's a Sony film, like Marvel like probably mandates that they have a non-spider-man mcu character superhero in it to be in it alongside him you know what i mean yeah i've never it's never bothered me that other like you know i mean i guess like not not nick fury didn't really like have to be in far from home but like i didn't mind like iron man being there and homecoming or doctor strange being there and uh no way home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was that was my kind of like hope uh, when Far From Home came out. I was like, oh, I know exactly. J- Spider Man is gonna go to fucking Doctor Strange. 
and get everything worked out like he did in uh uh no way home after one more no day more. when he had dr strange do the well, technically to... that was uh, a retcon um because it was the way that the world was rewritten when he made the deal with mephisto god i hate that comic book so much <laughs> honestly with how modern spider-man's going take me back <laughs> Take me back to post one more day when they just didn't use MJ for fucking anything. And Peter Parker just, like, lived his life. Like, it wasn't great, but it's better than what's going on now. Zeb Wells, we're beefing. Parasocially beefing. (laughs) Have you forgiven Dan Slott? I... No. No, but, like, I would rather read Dan Slott spider-man than zeb wells spider-man at the moment i mean i like spider island i like the first spider-verse there are parts of superior that i like you know mm-hmm. nick spencer was a very good author for spider-man he understood he understood the assignment he understood the character I know it's a lot of Marvel editorial stuff. Surely, like, is 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 the the major issue with what's going on? Because you know, fucking Marvel editorial sucks, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like DC editorial, just editor- comic book editorial should stop um, mingling in stories. Unless it's literally just like, hey, this character is already in this other book. You can't use it. Like when they had um, Ben Riley in the um, Iron Man book running at the same time as Spider-Man Beyond. And then they had to like write him out in the middle of the arc and be like, yeah, he got a new job. Good for him. <laughs> that was, that really was something fun. that I, 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 I that kind of bothered me about the new 52 where it'd be like the the world is ending in justice league but everything's fucking fine in the like the the batman book like all of the books kind of just like acted like they're their like own like timeline honestly i prefer that over like being in the middle of an interesting story arc for for a character and then having at least as someone who reads ongoing having to stop for like a month and a half because a stupid event that I don't care about is happening. Like the most, like Dark Web, the most recent Spider Man event was so bad. And it was like five amazing Spider Man issues, it felt like. It was so long. Yeah, I mean, I don't like stuff like that, but I do like the interconnectivity. Like I, li- like I liked in like Superior Spider Man, where it was like, where are the Avengers? Oh, they're gone. It's like, yeah, see Avengers, like whatever, they're in space. And then they came back and then they did a little thing with them. Yeah, it's, it's fine like that if it's, like, actually interconnected. But sometimes it's just, like, issue 46 of this book is, like, part one of a story arc. And then issue 47 through 49 is, like, a tie-in comic for, for an event, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's always, like, annoying. Uh, but I, I, I do like stuff where it's, like, 
character goes to see X character. Oh, character, what are you doing? Oh, I was just get done with like whatever arc in my own book. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that little yeah, bit of like, interconnectivity there. Yeah, like but if you compare it to like like even like Civil War, as much as I I have feelings about Civil War as a comic book, like I feel like Spider Man's inclusion in Civil War is really natural. And was like mm-hmm. a benefit to the character's story being told, you know? I yeah, don't know. I definitely agree with that. Um, Comic books anger me. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, that reminds uh, uh, a, a, a comic book moment that gave me psychic damage. I was watching a Moist Critical video. Uh, and, you know, at the, at the, it was either the beginning or the end. He was talking about, like, you know, he's putting out a new issue of his comic, God Slap. And he's like, we got variant, we got new variant covers from Brett Booth. And I flashed back to the terrible, like, last, like, few volumes of New 52 Flash that was drawn by Brett Booth. And his fucking anatomy and artwork was so fucking bad. Oh, my God. And, and, and I was like, ugh. Uh, I was just like, man, critical. Why? Why Brett Booth? Like, fucking. Uh, Brett, Brett Booth also drew New Fifty Two Titans, I believe. The the terrible like early like Lobdell oh, one. Great. I love that. Comic books are cool, aren't they? Yeah, I. Uh... Like like I love I love comics uh, I love them they're they're very like easy to, to I can I can t- I can tear through like even like a big omnibus I can tear through pretty quickly because I'm a fast reader, um, uh huh, I guess that's like my sin like I remember like I got like Sinestro Core War like fucking three hundred fifty like pages and I was like oh yeah I can't wait to delve into this and I finished it in like an hour and I was like man that was awesome, but I read fast so it's over. <laughs> I know Mac is so mad volume. at me. Matt gets so fucking mad at me because he's like, "You read things too fast. You're not enjoying the art. You're, 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 you're I read things like four times. Like if uh, a new chapter like, of like One Piece comes out, I'm reading it three times in like, like the first my, fifteen minutes. Like, like, like I, like I do, like, but like my eyes just like analyze information. Like, like, like all, like, like black is <laughs> not, like black computer. is not black. But like Blackest Night, like 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 you know when when I was reading through Blackest Night, one of my favorite comic books events of all time, I would stop and I would look at like the big group shots, but like my eyes would just like bam 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 bam. bam. There's all the characters. Next page. Like Did you see the group shot from Dark Crisis of the fucking um the Justice League Black Adamified. I have seen that. You... Yeah. I can't believe that's real. I can't believe they black atomified fucking Red Hood. What the fuck is he gonna do? He's just holding guns in the. He just has super bullets now. Yeah, he's just got fucking lightning bullets. He's got the wisdom of Solomon in his fucking in his fucking forty five or what? But yeah, usually like uh like if I'm ever going to read comics, at least at least like when I was buy- like buying like the volume, like I would have to buy like multiple volumes in advance to like offset the the reading speed, so it wouldn't just be like over. Cause like like the seven issue like TPBs, read it on the car ride home, like like on the car ride back home, like the thing is over and done with. Yeah, I don't know. Comic books are goofy, silly. But I specifically find, like, bad comic books to be really, f- like, out of all bad media, because this is the bad media podcast, uh, at least it used to be, but the uh, the bad oh. bad comics are just unbelievably funny to me. I don't know why, but, like, when comics are bad, 
it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you think, like... you think about, you think like laughing at like bad movies, like the Resident Evil movies, or like The Room is funny. Then you'll love fucking reading like the fucking the second Dark Knight, the second Frank Miller Dark Knight book. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Yes, yeah, Strikes Again. Yeah. That thing fucking sucks. It does fucking suck. Oh my but god, it's, it's so bad. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. I love it's, old it's, it's bad comics. Thing. That's my thing. I like reading like Dark Knight Strikes Again. The dark, all the all, all start Batman and Robin. All the Frank yeah. Miller shit. That's terrible. When he went crazy after nine eleven. I'll I'll, um, I'll never forget. That's I'll never forget. Wonder Woman tossing the civilian aside and going out of my way, sperm bank. Mm-hmm. But just like reading bad comics as they're ongoing makes me fucking lose lose my hope in life. But yeah, that's how I felt reading. Cause like like I I picked up like New Fifty Two Flash because it was like volume. I, I think a TPBs would be like volume seven. It was like right at the end of the. Like New Fifty Two, because Reverse Flash came back, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I love Eobard." And I was like, "What is this new version of him? Fucking bring back free Flashpoint Eobard." What did they do? To, what did they do to Eobard Thawne in the New Fifty Two? Um, that doesn't even so, make sense. He's like exempt from the timeline. How would he get changed? Yeah. Uh. So. 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 New Fifty Two. They introduced a new version of Eobard that, like. Became a speedster, became like, 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 he like took over the world, but people like, like rebelled against him and worshipped the Flash and hoped that the Flash would come and save them. And he was like, no, your fucking Flash God isn't going to come and save you. I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you all. and I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And he was like an old That's man. It just, it just wasn't good. That's lame. What the hell? Why would they do that? I don't know. Eobard Thrawn is perfect as a villain. He is the most. He's the ultimate like spiteful asshole. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like Hunter Zolomon, I love him as Zoom, but like his Zoom is just like Wally West isn't is, isn't sad enough. I'm gonna go break his knees. Yeah, there's but, like, a Dawn is like. When you were nine years old, Barry, you fell down the stairs and broke your arm. What you didn't know was that I used the negative speed force to run back in time so I could push you down the stairs. There's just like a... Uh, there's a moment, I think it's in Flash season... I want to say it's season eight, I think, where Eobard, Eobard is talking to... as like, like Wells, Eobard is talking to Barry and Barry's like, why do you hate me? And just the way that Wells, like, like, like Tom Cavanaugh just del- delivers, like, cause he's <laughs> like, like he's talking about like, 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 you know, you st- like, like I, like I was supposed to be like the hero and you showed me like, like the, the level of I just like Tom spite Kavanaugh. in his performance. Just Tom like Kavanaugh's so good. Yeah, like, he, and, and what I, surprised I, me about Tom Cavanaugh is that he just did like comedic roles, like before the Flash. He was in fucking Yogi, the Yogi Bear movie. I did know that, and that's really funny to me. Like, like he's, he is he's such so a good, good dramatic actor. It's it's insane because like him and Grant Gustin also are both phenomenal actors. 
But there's some people, and same with, um, I don't know the name of him, but the guy who plays um, Cisco. Carlos Valdez. He is also a really good actor. But there's some people in that show that are so bad at acting. Oh, shout out to it's my man, like, Joe West. Legend. As a good actor or a bad actor? Good actor. Okay, I was gonna say, like, I, I like him. Yeah, I do. I, I I do like him a lot. A lot of, like, I, I love his mo- moments with Barry. Mm-hmm. But especially, like, a lot of, like, the villains in the show, like, they, they aren't very good at acting, I feel like. I would say, like, mo- most of the people who aren't, like, the main villains, because, like, Flash gets, like, some banger actors to be the main, at least in the early seasons. Like, fucking... Uh-huh. Uh, Tony Todd as Zoom. That goes so hard. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things about that. I haven't gotten that far yet, but, you know. Yeah, I, I love season two's, like, Zoom suit. Like, turning him into, like, this, like, speed for like, like this, like, demonic, like, he's visit. The, it's he's so the Black cool. Flash, but not. <laughs> Which is fun. Or, like, they got a uh, Tobin Bell Jigsaw to play Savitar. Even though I don't like, really? I don't, I don't like the Savitar arc, but yeah, Tobin Bell is Savitar, and he sounds mm. great. That's cool. Um, it's a, it's a pretty good show. I liked it. I like that show. It's a little silly. Um, I'm on the episode where the 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 tsunami is about to hit Central City. Is it Central? It's not Keystone. Yeah, is Central it? City. Central okay. City. Yeah, and then he time travels back in time to before it happens. Yeah, after uh, in Eobard, uh, game ends Cisco. Yeah, game ends. I was like, Cisco fucking died. I know it's gonna be undone, but like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That was like, I remember, I remember watching it. I was, I was fucked up. I know. It was crazy. That that was another thing. Like when I heard Cisco left the Flash, I was like. Well, you gotta you gotta end the show. You you can't keep you can't keep the show going without Cisco. They did. He left. It, the, when does it he wasn't leave? a good idea. Season, oh, season, end of season seven. Yeah, end of season seven. Arrow is his first acting role. Who Cisco? Cisco, according to according to his Wikipedia page, the first thing he was ever in was Arrow. Before The Flash, and then he was in Vixen, and then he was in The Flash Chronicles of Cisco. Yeah, that was a and Tumblr he was series. Everything, he was in everything up until 2018, and then he was in a web series, and two a Hulu show, and whatever Gaslit is. It's a TV show based on a podcast. Interesting. When are we going to get our own TV show based on a podcast? You know, someday. I I didn't know that his first ever acting role was Arrow. That's crazy. He's such a good actor. He should be in more things. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's also just oh. like incredibly funny. Oh, he did. He did. Uh, he did theater before that. Okay. He was in Jersey Boys, and once I don't know what once is. It's fairly popular, so it's you know. I don't know what it is, but 
He was in it. I I I I'm also I I so, some comic street cred that I knew who Vibe was before the the Flash show came on. Uh huh. Which is a completely different character, and I think that's funny. No, v- Vibe is Cisco Ramon in the comics. Yeah, but like, I mean, like. His yeah, I character... mean they're like compl- like, like characterization wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- I think the New Fifty Two's vibe is is closer to the CW one. I mean, the the it, it says here that the New Fifty Two run was written by uh known uh, uh sexual harasser Andrew Kreisberg, who helped create the Flash. Well, you know why. It's because they were really the the show was really popular. It was the same reason that Wally came into the New Fifty Two run, even though they were like adamant on not using Wally West for anything ever again. It's because people. One really of the the the, 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 uh, the series, which I think was Justice League Presents Vibe, came out before the Flash show came out. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I mean the the, the New Fifty Two version. Yeah, the New Fifty Two version. Oh, interesting. You still have vibes from Detroit? I did know that, yeah. That's funny. I love it when, like, I was reading a, a Superman comic, uh, or, like, I saw, like, a panel from it, and fucking Jimmy Olsen's like, I think I'm moving back to New York. And I was like, what? <laughs> Is it Metropolis, New York? I, 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 f- I, I thought it was like a like a separate like it didn't replace it, but it was a separate city. I thought it was just the replacement for New York. But I I always I my I have operated on the fact that that Gotham is Jersey, and that Metropolis Goth- Goth- is yeah is yes that's New how York. it is. Because they're right across the bay from each other. mm Hmm. But according to that comic, Jimmy Olsen's family is from New York City, which uh, <clears throat> not sure how that works, but whatever. I guess before we wrap up, do you have any comic recommendations for our for our viewers since we got into talking about comics? Um. Well, we're we're in a dare we're in a bit of, even though we just spent like twenty minutes talking about the Flash. Um. We're do you have Daredevil to recommend? I do. I was going to say, a bit of a silly flash mood. Daredevil recommendations. Um, if you want something short, Daredevil Born Again is pretty short. It's really good. Um, Daredevil Yellow. If you want a good origin story comic. People say that Daredevil The Man Without Fear, written by... Um, What's his name? Frank Miller is better. I don't agree with that. In fact, I may go as far to say, and you may, you may, you may swear at me when I'm done first, when I'm done saying this, Sergio, I think that Frank Miller is a little bit overrated. I feel like that might be fair. I'll say it. He has some of the best comics of all time to his name. But he has some of the worst comics of all time to his name. So, like, I don't know. 
Like, Sin City is pretty good. In the same way that, like, the boys comic is pretty good. I wouldn't, like, recommend it to people, but it's, like, I'm glad I read it. But, um, Born, I know I just said no Frank Miller, but again, Born Again, Daredevil Yellow by Jeff Loeb and, um, Tim Sale, who one of the two of those people died recently. I don't remember which, I think it's Tim Sale died. I think it's Tim Sale. Tim Sale died in June of last year. He, they, that's the same team that made Batman The Long Halloween <laughs> Superman for all seasons, which is another really good one. <coughs> um, I highly recommend those two books if you just want to, like, dip your toes into Daredevil. Um, I would also recommend, what is it, the Kevin Smith run that killed off Karen Page. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I don't think Kevin Smith's a very good comic writer most of the time. But went hard on that one. Guardian <gasps> Guardian Devil. Have you read his Green Arrow? Kevin Smith? Yeah. I did. I did recently. I thought I told you that. I yeah, I think you did. What did you think of it? Because I've always heard that it was good. It is good. I don't like how he writes Batman. Um, but that's a common yeah, complaint I... for Kevin Smith. Yeah. His, his Batman in that run is just kind of a dick. But the con- I don't do you know the concept of that comic at all? No, I don't. So it's um basically if you don't know um, Daredevil or not Daredevil? Um, Green Arrow died. Um, mm-hmm. in the comics for like a decade, and this was him being brought back. Was it? I don't. I don't remember how long it was. It was less than a decade. I'm pretty sure. But, um, basically, at the end of the whole evil Hal Jordan thing, and he became the Spectre. The last thing he did before he turned into this became the Spectre was to, to kind of show remorse for what everything that he's done. He brought back um, Oliver Queen from the dead. Mm-hmm. However, it's not just Oliver Queen when he died. It's the Denny O'Neill, like, Hal Jordan, like, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, like, 70s, 80s, goofy Green Arrow who, as far as he's concerned, never died and just went Uh on a road trip with Hal Jordan for a few weeks and then everybody came back acting super weird about it. To which it's revealed that he was revived, but he was revived without his soul, basically. Like, um, modern day, at that point, modern day, um, Oliver Queen was in... Basically, he just... Heaven, who ironically, um, I sent you the screenshot of um, of conservative uh, fucking Flash, conservative Barry Allen in Heaven with fucking Oliver Queen, and uh, Jason Todd actually appears in that comic, and that's I think that's really funny. Just in the background, there's like Robin swinging away, and he's like, "Is that fucking Robin? When did Robin die?" <laughs> and I think that's funny. 
But wasn't um, he on the Justice League when he died? Because I remember I re- I read Death of the Family and the Justice League sent their condolences. Maybe he was already surely, dead at that point. Well, the thing about the thing about the thing about Green Arrow is his uh, his commitment to the Justice League is very similar to Batman's con- um commitment to the Justice League, which is very hands off and like he doesn't really like the Justice League. He's just a part of it for when he needs it or when they need him. Hmm. But uh, it's 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 good. It's not too long. It gets it gets taken over by another author pretty quickly afterwards. I think the Kevin Smith part is like twenty issues, I think, and then it's like a fifty issue ish total section. But it's it's interesting. I liked it well enough. Um, Batman's just a dick the whole time, but like that's fine. There's a whole, like, arc where he's collecting, like, um, mementos from his from his old life to, like, be able to figure things out. This is after he gets his soul back. And he gets, like, um, like, the Flash's ring, um, from the, from the Flash Museum, like, Barry Allen's, like, costume ring, because one of his costumes was in it. Uh-huh. And, like, the diamond-tipped arrow that he used to impress the Justice League in his original Justice League appearance and stuff like that. And then he uh, he proposes... The, is it is it Dina or is it Dinah? What team Dinah. are you on for uh, for Dinah? Yeah, he proposes yeah, to Dinah. her. And she's, like, she's like, probably not getting married to you. And he's like, all right, that's fine. Um... But it, it's good. There's a lot of good, like, oh. Roy... Um, Ollie moments, which I really like the their like um their whole thing, their dynamic. Oh, fucking New Fifty Two Green Arrow as as much as I like six seventy percent of New Fifty Two Green Arrow, I hate that they broke up uh Oliver and Black Canary and made sure that they just like didn't know each other. Cause like Well they they fucking break up every like five years. It's not that it's it's not surprising. Yeah, but it's it's like they didn't eat, like like they didn't even like really meet. I just remember like, cause like I don't know if she ever shows up in like New Fifty Two. Cause in in Rebirth they put them back together, but like you had mm-hmm. moments where like, cause like Green Black Canary became like a pop star for a bit, and all like like her song was on the radio, and Oliver was like, oh, I hate this. And it's like, what? Why are you mm-hmm. doing this to me? I want, I want, I, was, I want, um... I want my 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 guy, my guy, guy and gal to get together. I was reading the older, like, 80s, 90s Flash run. Or not Flash. Um, Green Arrow run. As I was telling you. And, um, fucking... The, um... There's one point where they break up. Because, like... Um... So, Dinah is running, like, a flower stand in, like, in Seattle. Like, they have, like, a flower business and, like, a castle. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause you, and it's called Sherwood Flowers because, you know, Robin Hood. And yeah. her, her employee, um, like, 20-year-old college student employee kisses Oliver. And Dinah gets jealous and breaks up with him. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, this kind of feels like, uh... I don't know if this is, this is like... This is f- weird. It doesn't feel like it's his fault. And she, and then she goes into detail. She's like, she's like, 
I can't have children and you want children. And now there's a girl who wants to like be with you who can have children. And now you have a, a, a kid with, uh, with Shado, which is a whole other thing. Cause he gets raped and they don't like, they don't bring up that he got raped. Like as if he got raped, but he got raped. And she gets mad at him for it. And I'm like, I know this was written like 30 years ago. But, like... Is this a Chuck Dixon moment? Can we blame Chuck Dixon for this? I want to blame Chuck Dixon, so I will. It just feels weird. I don't... I don't know. Let me find out. (laughs) Have you been Um, reading this book and not knowing who, who wrote it? No, I've, I just I knew it was a good run. I've just been reading it like straight and just been like, oh, uh-huh. that's pretty good. It is. Oh, it's oh, I. It's fucking what's his name? Grell. Let me see if I can find the uh Mike Grell. Mike, yeah, Mike Grell. Yeah, no, he. It's good. I really, I don't know how I feel about the Green Arrow costume from this time period. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't. Maybe I have. I'm just not thinking of it. It's like, um, it's, it's like the hooded one where he's all green and he doesn't have a, uh, domino mask. And sometimes he wears makeup. I'm assuming it's where he wore the makeup, uh, from the, uh, like the TV show came from. Uh huh. But it's like. Oh, I don't even know. It kind of like Link, I guess, is the way I'd describe it. Here, I got a picture of it. Um, check in reference photos in Fan and H- in Fan and HQ. Like the beard is more like a like a like a goatee than like a than like the 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 like not really super shaped like. Oh just yeah, pointy, yeah, I've seen that. Pointy goatee and uh. In like handlebar, and sometimes as you can see in the background, it's like connected. I don't know; it's uh-huh. weird. I don't like the eye makeup. Um, I also don't like the just like regular ass bow and arrow, but they've kind of switched back to like the arrows being green and the bow being normal. But I don't know. I like the hat. I like the like Peter Pan Pied Piper look. Not you know, not the superhero villain. Pied Piper. Oh, Oliver's uh, arm has to be fucking um because he looks like he has like a fucking dude, he, English I bet you. Yeah, I was gonna say, I bet you he's got English longbow arm where his one arm is super skinny and his other arm's fucking huge. Like uh, because like like modern like New Fifty Two, they switched him over to the compound, which I feel like is like what you'd want to go with if you didn't want to fucking destroy your mm-hmm. fucking forearm. Also, I find it really interesting because in this comic, like, it's like the point where he killed somebody for the first time. In like in like uh-huh. the 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 Kevin Smith run, that's like a very important part of like like when when he ki- when Ollie killed somebody, he kind of lost himself and never really found him himself until he died. But in the moment when it happens, it's just kind of like he kills the guy and then he's like, I. I'm good. And then he, he like goes to therapy and the therapist is like, do you want to talk about it? And he's like, no. Are you telling me he hadn't killed anybody in his life of shooting arrows at people? Correct. 
Well, I mean, you can't really say that is, like, out of the question. Because, like, the Red Hood shoots people in the face, and we're supposed to believe that he doesn't kill them. It's just, like, like, because, like, in the show, it's, like, you know, he started out by, like, killing people, and then he's, like, I'm not killing people anymore. It's, like, I, like, it... It's a joke he made with Batman, where it's like, I didn't kill him, I did shoot two arrows through his knees, shattering his kneecaps and making sure he can never walk again, and I did leave him bleeding in that warehouse, but he's fine. Yeah, but most of the time he just shoots people like the hands and, like, feet. Like, or, like, the shoulder, but, like, I don't know. The thing about comic books is you need to have some suspension of disbelief. Of like, yeah, he shot him with an arrow, but like, it's comic books; he'll be fine. It's just like, like in the moment, I don't believe you're always going to like, you know, be able to. Like, I know he's a super archer, but like, people are shooting at you. You're not. You're just like firing that thing off. Like, you're not like, oh man, I, I can't hit this guy in the chest. All I'm saying is, like, once every three issues, he does the Robin Hood shot where he splits an arrow in half with another arrow. And we've seen um shad- shadow is it shadow or shadow? It's shadow. I should probably think shadow. We've seen her yeah. shoot an arrow at someone's heart and stop it before it hits the heart. And Oliver's a better archer than her, so you know I don't think it's out of the question to be like, yeah, he may have shot this guy in the shoulder on the side that his heart's on, but like he he aimed it. He might have, like, a broken shoulder blade, but, like, you know, could be worse. It also reminds me, this is also a... I was gonna say, it's like like Spider-Man punching somebody. Uh, Like, he can punch, he can fucking lift a bus and, like, fucking throw it at somebody, but he can punch somebody just hard enough that they are knocked unconscious. Well, like, it, like, like in the comics, I can like, like, at least, like, how, like, I've seen, like, the comics are drawn, I can, I can kind of, like, see it, but, like, Spider-Man, PS4, Spider-Man combat, yeah, everyone's dead. Yeah, no, everyone's absolutely dead. It reminds me, like, in, uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, in the early, like, because there were some uh, characters with guns shooting people, not killing them. In the, like, early seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, I'm assuming because they were like they didn't get their like late night time slots, so they had to be a bit more like family friendly. They're like, yeah, we have these icer guns that knock people out when they shoot them. And then like when ABC was trying to kill the show, and they're like, all right, you guys are gonna come on at like 10 p.m. on a Friday. Go fucking nuts! They just start shooting people. And I, I remember there's a there's an episode. It's at the beginning of like one of the seasons where uh, Coulson orders them to just go ham on Hydra, like. It's it's like they pull their I guns and there's a pause and they just bl- they just blow these dudes' heads off and I'm like, holy fuck! I feel like that should be fun. I feel like TV shows should let me show Nazis getting the shit shot out of them and violently murdered. You know, I, I th- even in the in that scene because like obviously there there's like because obviously like they rolled up on some hydrogen. Sh- I think it, I think one of the agents throws like this device like this like saw blade-esque device that like gets into the guy's chest and just obliterates him it's it's amazing um but they like did like a like a horror movie-esque episode like in the last season um because the last season was like a fun like time travel season and they were like uh like kind of homaging like media of the time and one of the episodes was like an 80s slasher and some dude just gets like sawed by like this like they they do an homage to like a like a like this like b-movie about like rope 
Chopping Mall is the the name of the movie where these robots came alive in the mall and killed people. And like a dude gets sawed by this robot and there's just like a blood spread. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot this comes on at like 11 p.m. on a Friday. Like they can just show that on ABC of all places. Oh, goes hard. Ages of Shield does go hard. I highly recommend it if nobody's seen it that you watch it. And you should watch Inhumans too. It's really good, guys. D- d- I'm Ike Perlmutter. D- d- I approve this message. It's, it's, if you wanted human content, you could just watch Agents of Shield. If you want inhuman content, don't. Unless it's Miss Marvel, but not the TV show because she's a mutant, and also her powers are different. Have you seen the the, the, uh, the well, before we end the episode? Have you seen the TikTok of the guy who has the like? Donga and Rampa character cardboard cutout that he takes everywhere and has it on like a drone and stuff to have it like walk around. Yeah, somebody said that that he's Did the he... author that he's the son of the Did guy who wrote author... Greece. Are we talking about the yeah, movie? But... No, we're talking about the original Broadway production. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I, I mean, I figured that they were talking about like that, like, <laughs> like the the American production known as Greece. Um, yeah, Jim, but yeah, I saw that Jim TikTok Jacobs. going around. I think this is the guy. It's either son or grandson, because this guy is pretty old, to be fair. Yeah, because the the guy in the video, I I uh, at least from like what I saw, was like Asian. So I was like, I don't know if there's an anime or something called like a manga called Greece, or this is the actual American production called Greece. I assume it's Greece, because like it's like the same last name. Um, which like if if that's the case, that makes sense because Greece sucks and that guy sucks, so it kind of like. <laughs> It, it comes. It comes together. As someone who likes Greece, Greece fucking sucks. It's not. It is a terrible message, and only like half the songs are good. Mm-hmm. And they're all from the movie. So does that even count? I wouldn't say it counts. If we're uh, just referring well, to the original Broadway production, yeah. we've rambled on enough about bullshit. Um. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Go read Angel B Radio. That was the audience. <laughs> we got so much attention. Angel yeah. B Radio's. Uh, Did you know we run a fan fiction this episode? Oh, well, Isn't that well, crazy? Dude, yeah. Angel B Radio's fan fiction is pretty good. Um, go read it. I'll link it in the description of this episode along with our other links. And we will catch you whenever we see you next. In the next episode. We love you.